0: But I want to preach today, I want to preach the, the message, How Do You Speak? And I want to preach it from the context of not just what comes out of your mouth, but I want to preach from the context of praise and worship. And we had a wonderful praise service this morning, did we not? Oh yeah. The, our praise team did a fantastic yeah. job leading yeah. us in yeah. praise yeah. and yeah. worship. I, I, I would go so far to say that God is growing us, that this is just the beginning of where we're going in praise and worship. And we close with a song, Miracles Can Happen. Miracles can happen because there are people that are willing to worship the Lord and and worship Him openly. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord searches to and fro for a worshiper. And whenever we talk about miracles, we're going to see miracles because we're going to already have worship in our hearts. And God is going to know at 2 o'clock or 10 o'clock, wherever they have service... That's where my people are, and that's where my presence is going to go, and that's where miracles are going to take place. So please, as we pick up this praise and worship, let us not get comfortable and lax, and I think that Scott can take over the praise and worship today, because it's all of us that need to be a part of praise and worship. So stand with me this morning. I'm going to go to Psalms 145, verses 1 through 9. The Bible says, I will exalt exalt thee, O my God, O King. And I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless Thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And in His greatness and His greatness is unsearchable. O generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak, say that with me, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. And the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. I will speak of his glorious honor of thy majesty. I just want to focus on that today when it comes to how do you speak. How do we speak? I'm not talking about do we speak like a sailor. I'm not talking about do we speak different languages. I'm talking about the praise and the worship comes out of our mouth. What does it sound like? What does it sound like? Does it sound like David and the psalmist and psalms? Or does it sound different? Because I believe God wants us to get to the place where as we speak, people are uttering terrible things, but we are uttering praise. We are uttering worship. Everything that's coming out of our mouth is just not positive energy. It literally is the voice of God moving through us and worshiping from us. So would you pray with me today? Lord, I thank you so much for just the worship and the praise that you've allowed us to be a part of today, God. I I thank you for a congregation that is willing to lift up our voices today to exalt you above all, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would open our minds and our understanding today, God, not just to be content with where we are in our praise and worship, but to dive deeper into your kingdom, to dive deeper into your word and deeper into your understanding of what praise and worship is really like, Lord. And I pray that it would follow us outside of this sanctuary, Lord, and we would walk daily in praise and worship. In Jesus' name we pray jesus name we pray amen you may be seated i think i'm gonna have to get rid of my tie and i'm gonna have to get rid of my jacket i'll lose weight now you can pray for me for that too (laughs) shoo i feel 20 degrees cooler already (laughs) communication the root word of communication is communion it is the act of exchanging thoughts ideas, and feelings, the state of being in one accord or agreement, according to Webster. We, everybody say me, we are crowning, we are God's crowning creation made in his own image and likeness, are we not? The Bible tells us that in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. I know some of you were thinking, I don't know, I kind of look a little different. No, we are all created in God's image. We have been created in the image of us. They him. The Bible says this in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Is anybody scared of spiders in here? Yeah. You don't have to be, because God did, gave you dominion over the creepy things, snakes. It's okay, because the devil was a serpent. We can be a little fearful of snakes. I'm a little fearful of snakes, but the creepy things, like ladies, you got to stop calling your husband to come smash a spider. He gave us dominion. <laughs> My wife in my house. My wife's not here. <laughs> my wife's back teaching, but that would have went so much better if she was here. I, I'll have to preach this here when we get home. So, going on in 27. So, God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. We have been created in the image of God, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, and replenish replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. We have been given dominion. We have been set above all things, but yet sometimes we don't operate that way. What sets us apart from the rest of creation is God has given us dominion. What else sets us apart is the correct is in our creation is our ability to inte, intellectually which I'm not doing right now I'll get better at it it's our it's our ability to intellectually communicate we don't growl at one another we don't tweet well we have twitter that didn't really work. But we don't make noises. We communicate with words. We communicate with gestures. We have the ability to cr- communicate. It's the, the creation, the, the uh, adoption of our frontal lobe brings us into the ability to communicate. We have the ability to communicate with friends, family, those around us. And most importantly, we have the ability to communicate with God in heaven, do we not? Yeah. But we don't always take advantage of this ability. Sometimes we don't use it at all. Our greatest privilege, the ability to communicate with God. Nature doesn't have the ability to communicate with God. When the birds are tweeting, they're not tweeting praising God. The rocks, they're getting ready to cry out if we don't cry out, the Bible says, but they're not. They're just sitting there. We have this ability to communicate with God and I'm not talking just about prayer this morning. I'm talking about our praise and worship. Because I think when we talk about prayer, people think we got to get in the closet and we got to be beside ourselves and we've got to do that. Praise and worship is meant to be openly expressed outward. It's supposed to be on the outside. It's supposed to be, when the the Bible says pray without ceasing, it's not just talking about closing your eyes and putting your hands together and giving the King James. It's talking about having a mind for God all day long our greatest privilege is also our greatest responsibility and it's to communicate with God it's why he created us he created us to freely choose to worship him uh God's purpose in creation in the old testament the new testament the gospels the cross baptism the holy the pouring out of the holy spirit everything God has done and everything God is going to do it's all about drawing us into communion and communication with him I love communion do you not there are some churches that take it weekly. You know when our communion should be? Daily. It's not literally a, the taking of the bread and the wine or whatever. It's literally a dying daily. The Bible says our communion and communication should be on a daily basis. What I'm afraid of is we've gotten so comfortable coming together that we wait for our communication and communion to be in a service setting. We wait. We hold it, sayo. We hold it till I get Sunday. I don't want to say anything through the week. I want my communion to be really good and really important on Sunday. But what God is trying to show us is if our communication and communion is strong all week long, when we gather together, we are an unstoppable force. That's right. Because where two or three are gathered together, there He is in the midst. So when I'm strengthening myself in the Lord all week long... <coughs> with my praise, and with my worship, when I gather together with you as brothers and sisters, we come up together like a mighty force in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. It's not just prayer, but praise and worship combined with prayer. Daily, the Lord is looking to build upon our relationship as part of His kingdom of joy and peace and righteousness. I don't know about you, but I want more joy. I want more peace. I want more righteousness. The Bible says in Luke twelve thirty two, Jesus said, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to give us the kingdom. And some of us are fighting. Because we think we gotta fight our way in. And God is saying, I just want to give you the kingdom. We talked about the Good Shepherd last Thursday at our Bible study, did we not? And how we are like sheep, and that we just listen to the Good Shepherd, everything would be okay. But sometimes we're a little stubborn like mules as well, and we like to go in our own direction. But here God is saying, if you would just commune with me, I will give you all that I have, and everything that I have would belong to you. Romans 14, 17 says this: for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom isn't physical things. The kingdom is internal things. And we're communing that we want a new car and that we want a new house and that we want this or this. And God's saying, I want to give you everything. But it has nothing to do with material possessions. Communication is a two-way street. We've got to figure out the way God's talking. For our praise and our worship to be what God wants it to be, we've got to get out of man's mind. And we got to get into the scripture. We got to get into the understanding that there's a spiritual world all around us. And we got to get out of this physical man. And we got to start understanding my praise and worship has implications into my eternity. My praise and worship just isn't about tomorrow if God will bless me or do this to me. My praise and worship is about my eternity because the louder my praise gets, the farther the enemy has to flee. The louder my voice goes, the farther the enemy has to get away. I'm naturally loud. I don't like to be loud. I'm kind of an introvert, to be quite honest with you. I don't really, I'm I'm with Sayo. I don't really like to get up in front of people. But when I do, I got a voice that kind of tries to come behind it. I got something back there. There are some of us in this room that have that voice. And we get together, and we get one of these. Thank you, Jesus. It's coming from a sincere place. It's coming from an honest place. But what is missing is the rest of this torso. You're literally coming from your voice box. That's the only place that it's coming from. And God is saying, if I'm so important, and I'm so worthy, and I'm so awesome, and I'm the King of kings and the Lord of lords, why is it that you can't give me everything? Why is it that you just can't let that voice raise up a little bit more? Is it because you're worried about what somebody might say? Is it because you're worried about what somebody might think? Or is there doubt in there? And if there's doubt, we got to get rid of that because he wants to give us all of these things. We talked about it. Who doesn't want more peace? Who doesn't want more joy? Who doesn't want more righteousness? It's not coming from this world. It's coming from the kingdom. It comes closer the closer we get to Christ. God's desire to communicate with us has been expressed throughout the Scripture. I came across this poem from an anonymous poet, and he, said th- he wrote this, How thou canst, yep, I'm having a problem communicating today. <laughs> he wrote this, How thou canst think so well of us, he's talking about Christ. How thou canst we- think so well of us, and be the God thou art. In darkness to my intellect, but sunshine to my heart. We don't understand everything that God is doing, but we know the closer we get, the more joy we have in our heart, the more peace we have in our heart. And this poet is describing that, and I was thinking about praise and worship. Have you ever watched somebody praise God? Even if they don't know what they're doing, what happens? They get a smile on their face. I don't know what it is, but... But joy just begins to move in, and you're like, "Well, we're not feeling. We're not. We're not feeling that God is not about feelings. Hell, yeah! He he sure is, because He gave you feelings. He he 100% surely is. And if if you're happy, you're going to feel happy, and if you're you're sad, you're going to feel sad. I've never seen somebody worship the Lord and go, "Oh, can this just be over?" I've never seen it. What I've seen is I've seen people come into the presence of God and realize that they're in the presence and just begin to lift their hands and tears might begin to fall. But just the content of their face begins to change their expression. They begin to get involved and excited. And it's just not a feeling. It's just not emotion. There is something internal that's changing place. And what this poet is saying is I don't know everything about God. There's darkness in my mind that I can't comprehend. But what I do know is when He comes into my heart, everything changes. Everything changes. And can I tell you, as we become that church, the praise and worship isn't something that we're searching for, that we're walking in. When people walk into this building, they're going to feel it. Yeah. When people walk into this building, they're going to know it. They're going to understand it. When we walk in, and we've had a bad day, but I know that Tori and Tiffany and Sale have been praising and worshiping all week long. When I walk in, I'm going to feel it. There's just going to be a rush of God moving into this building and into this room. As I said before, There are many ways we can communicate with God, but praise and worship is what I want to focus on this morning. Psalms 95.6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. There's so many different forms of praise and worship. There's so many different ways. Does anybody know the comedian Tim Hawkins? He's a comedian. He talks about all the different ways to hold the hand, carry the baby, touchdown. You know, all these different things. And, and as Pentecostals, we worship in different ways. We've got the jump down. We've got the hands lifted up. We even get our arms going. And I'm not going into all of it. But there's reasons for all these motions. They actually mean something to people. Because it's coming out from within. If I'm standing like a statue and my voice isn't coming out, there's got to be a wonder. Am I bound? Because statues are made of stone. Statues can't talk. They can hold a pose. But a person that is a a worshiper and believer of God, do you know what we do? We move with the Spirit. It's why if you watch, everybody starts to sway. It's not because your knees are going to lock and you're going to pass out. No, because you're literally beginning to dance. Like David did, you're moving with the music, but you're moving to the spirit. And it's all vital to the way we worship. When we put music on at home, we should put music on that worships the Lord. When we put things on at home, we should put things on that worship the Lord. And we should practice worshiping in our house. We should practice worshiping on our jobs. We should practice worshiping at the grocery store. Why? Because it's all places that we want God to go with us, isn't it? So the more we get comfortable worshiping all of those places, the more we will get comfortable in the worship that God wants us to do. Scripturally, worship is displayed as pouring out. You read that in Scripture? Pour it out. Or it's lifting up. It's pouring out and lifting up of our souls, our heart, our inner self, unto God in a humble, repentant, reverent expression. All things that we've been talking about. God is preparing us for a lifting and pouring out of our internal praise and worship so much so that we would blow the roof off of this building so much so that on the day of Pentecost the people in the street heard the utterance of the sound that came in the upper room there are people that are going to be driving down College Avenue that are going to be compelled to come in because there's praise and worship that is magnifying outside of this room Today's use of the word worship comes from an old English word, King James era. It means worthy and ship. Worship is not about the worshiper, but it's about the worth of the one we worship. It's about the worth of the one we worship. When we stand like statues, we show the worth of the one we worship. And we think this we don't think negative, we don't think positive. We just think this way. We're even. And we cannot be even with our worship. Our worship is meant to go up. And so when we think about worship, it's the worth. It has nothing to do with what he's done for me lately, but it has everything to do with who he is completely. We gotta stop saying, well, God just hadn't done anything, so I can't praise him this week. No, we gotta start thinking he hung the stars. He holds it all in his hands. He is the measure of everything. And as we start to think that, our praise and our worship changes. It adapts. It grows. It becomes more sincere. The people around us really get attached to it. And they're like, why are you worshiping Him so much? And it invites us to tell Him. Tell them all that we know and think about Him to, to display that t- to them. Our worship should go- to God should always be our best. Because He is the Alpha And the Omega, we should never slack in worship. Sister Tiffany may pick a different song to play one day that I don't like. It shouldn't affect my worship. Because my worship's not about the song on the piano or the singer singing the song. My worship is about God. There could be no music at all. And my worship should still be able to lift Him with everything that I am. And you say, well, how loud should my voice be? How worthy is He? I sit here. And I can't hear everything because of the music. But today I heard people. I heard people. And I know that if I can hear people, God can clearly hear people. Yeah. And you're thinking, why does it have to be so loud, Pastor? It doesn't have to be loud. It's just got to be everything you are. If this is as loud as your, this is as loud as your voice is and you're given everything you got, then that's it. But if your voice can go louder, there is nothing that should hold back our praise and our worship. Because when I get loud, you look at me like he's a fool. And you better believe I'm a fool. I'm a fool for Jesus Christ. And I don't want anybody to mistake my quietness. Because quietness often sometimes means that we're reserved. And reserved sometimes means there's problems on the inside. Because when I'm free... When the chains are not on me anymore, there's nothing holding my lungs back. There's nothing holding my diaphragm back. There's nothing holding my voice back. But when I'm bound, there's things that hold me, and I can't release them. But when I'm free, my worship is up. So we talk about voice, and we talk about praise. The freer I am, the more I'm able to express myself. And all of that is dependent on the way I feel about the worth of God. It all changes. The worthier he is, the more vocal I become. The worthier he is, the more expression I give. It's in the book of 2 Samuel we find David bringing the ark of the Lord back to Jerusalem. 2 Samuel 6, 1-2 Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him unto Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God whose name is called by the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims? The ark had been taken away, and David's first, one of his first responsibilities was go to bring the ark back. Tori talked about the veil being torn. God is not resting between two cherubims. God is looking for a place in us to rest. He's looking for a worshiper to cry out, because when that worshiper cries out, he's going to dispatch his spirit to dwell there. And one of the first things David did, he wasn't perfect. We know David and Bathsheba, we know other things that David did, Uriah, and all all that depth of that story, David wasn't perfect, but one of the things he wanted was the presence. He wanted the presence for the longest time. The presence. Saul wasn't worried about it. He was just happy to be king. I'm not happy just to come to church. I want the presence of God in this church. And so David went to get the ark. And you know this story. They they did it the wrong way, and 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 somebody put their arm up to the side. And if I if I was talking a little better, I could pronounce his name. But it Uzzah. He put his hand up because it was being held upon some oak uh, oxen, and and it was moving around. And he went to steady it, and he died. And the ark stayed there. Obed Edom's place. And you know, that's not really what my message is about today. It's about praise. And David went and the ark blessed. And David said, We got to get that tape. We got to get that here. Our praise isn't just being happy with where we're at. Our praise should not be satisfied until the presence comes down. That's where I'm trying to get to us. We can't just be excited about we lifted our voice today. We got to be content until the presence of the Lord comes because that's when miracles come. Take he place. Is, when right. the presence of the Lord moves here and here and over there, that's when miracles Amen. begin to take place. That's when signs and wonders begin to move around. The ark is no longer bound in the holies of holies because the veil has been torn. God has been released and He's looking for a vessel to dwell in now. God's presence is not dwelling between rooms God's presence is wanting to dwell in us. David watched, and the Bible says in 2 Samuel 6, 12-15, through 15, and it was King David saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that uh, pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought the ark of God unto the house of Obed-Edom, into the city of David with gladness. And it was so, that when they bare the ark of the Lord, and had gone six paces, he sacrificed Oxen and fatlings, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with his linen ephod And so David in the house of Israel brought the ark of it to the Lord, shouting with the sound of the trumpet. How do I praise the Lord every six steps? That's how we should praise the Lord. Every six steps. That was six. I was going to count out loud, but in my mind I was counting out loud. (laughs) Six steps, praise should come out of our mouth. Six steps, a sacrifice should take place. We take more than six steps during the week. We take so many steps, we can't wait till we get together on Sunday to let this be the place where we praise and worship. And when I'm walking around my house, I should look and I should think, oh, how great you are, oh God. And when I'm walking around my work, I should look and I should sacrifice. I should do all these things to God. And then you read the scripture, it said he was shouting and there was trumpets. I don't know if you've ever heard a trumpet. My dad could play the trumpet. He won't. He's Getting up there, and he just said he can't breathe as much anymore. It takes a lot of air to blow a trumpet, does it not? It takes. Where does that air come from? Down, down here. When you blow, you blow with everything you have to make that trumpet sound. He'll get. We'll get up. We'll get him up here and blow the trumpet one of these days. We're, we're working into it. We, we just prophesied right now, <laughs> But when you blow that trumpet, it's not just. It's, it's from way down deep. And that's what the Bible talks about. Deep. Way down deep, that's where our praise is going to come out of. That's where our worship is going to come out of. They were shouting that you could hear them over the trumpets, and the trumpets were blowing as loud as they can. We, If we want to be like the Scripture talks about, praise and worship, we got to be more like David, because David was the example. David was the one who wrote the Psalms. He went six steps. He went six paces, the Bible says, and he praised. He went six paces, the Bible says, and he danced. He went six paces, the Bible says, and they shouted and they made music. They're not just communicating with God, but we are communicating to God with our praise and to our worship. And we're communicating to everyone around us. I serve a great God. You ever heard anybody talk about their new car? You got to go look at my new car. My new car is fancy. Ever heard anybody talk about their great God? What if we flipped it around? He said, i got to tell you about my great God. I've got to show you my praise and show you my worship. Well, how great is your God? Well, let me just tell you how great my God is. He hung the stars. Oh, have a good day. It doesn't have to be any more than that. But it's about praising the God that is worthy of the praise. We think it has to be a long 12-week Bible study. It doesn't. Our job is just to glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have made it so complicated. We think we're saving people. We're not. We're just here to magnify God. And if we get back to the simplicity, the Lord of the harvest will do all of the rest. But it's about our voice. It's about our boldness. It's about just allowing that praise to come out when we worship openly. The enemy is put on notice. You don't have a place here. I just want to let you know I serve the God above all gods. I just want to let you know, you can think you can get in proximity of me, but I'm going to praise every six steps. So every time I move forward, enemy, every six steps I take and I start to praise, you've got to move back. Because every time I mention the name of Jesus, the enemy has no place here. Every time I walk into a place that I feel is dark and I lift up the name of Jesus, it has the enemy has to flee. I'm going to walk with boldness in my praise and worship. I'm going to praise so much that my voice is going to have to go away because that's where I'm set at being. Because I'm not allowing the enemy to come and take territory anymore. And the only way to do that is to outwardly express, Hey enemy, I serve that God. And He is greater. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And every time I move, that enemy has to move back. Our voice in praise and worship is our weapon. We don't fight with, with things. We fight with our voice. We fight in prayer with our prayers. We fight in praise and worship with our, with our songs, with our hymns. Our expression in praise and worship is our weapon. You might not feel like it. Praise Him anyhow. Things might not be the best. Praise Him anyhow. You might not want to. That's a big one for us. Praise Him anyhow. Because as we praise through those things, the enemy literally his stronghold is tore down. He has no ability to then take place because right now the enemy is listening and he's going, great word, have at it. But when they leave this building, I've got them. Mm-hmm. You can do what you want, gather together, but when we when they walk out that door, Pastor Man, I've got them. Jesus. I know because I've tested them and I've tried them. I know, and what the what God is looking for is when we walk out that door to take those six steps and just lift their hands and praise Him. It doesn't even have to come out that loud. I'm, I'm really bold because I've been doing this for a while. But it just has to come out. It just has to come out for what Another six steps gets a little louder. Another six steps, it gets a little louder. Because the enemy's not afraid of us gathered here together. It's what we do when we walk out those doors that then increases what we do here together. Why? Why praise and worship? Why does it matter what, my, what, my, what I speak? Why? Because praise and worship changes the atmosphere. Before I close, I want to give you four principles. Four principles that praise and worship will change in us. Number one, praise and worship gets our focus off ourselves and on God. You ever ever look in the mirror? We have a whole generation of people that look in the mirror daily. It's called a selfie. We are self-focused on ourselves. We are so self-focused on ourselves that that's all we think about. Uh, my dad would tell me, life is not about you. I never believed him. <laughs> and i tell my son the same thing right now, and he doesn't believe me. There was one point in my life that I thought I was literally the sun of the universe, and everything rotated around me. I've repented of that, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> but we're t- we get to the point where we think it's all about us. None of the rest of this matters, can I tell you? It's not about me at all is not about me at all. Psalms 150 and 2 says, praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. We may know in our heads that He is the Alpha and the Omega, but in our hearts we still feel a little selfish. We still feel a little selfish. So you think, how important is praise and worship? Important praise and worship is so vital. The more I praise, the more I realize it's not about me. The less I praise, the more selfish I become that it's about me, that it's all about me. Number two, praise and worship. worship brings us to a place of humility. When we praise and worship, we remember our dependency on God. When I'm lifting up the name of Jesus all day long, it makes me realize how much I need him. But when I'm all about myself, when I'm all thinking about myself, I can think I can provide. I think I can do this. I think I can do all of that all by myself. But praise and worship brings humility. We acknowledge our need for him. Silence does not acknowledge our need for him. Silence acknowledges silence. But as we lift up our voice in communion, we openly state admitting and recognizing that we are not in control. That's a big deal for some of us because I want to be in control. But I'm not in control. And the more in control I am, the more out of control things around me really are. So would I rather walk around in this world looking so lost and out of control? Or would I rather walk and people looking at me and going, man, they got nothing figured out? Or would I rather lift my voice and praise God? And people look at me going, they're crazy. And I've got everything under control. Which place would you rather be in? Because that's the two places That we're in. Christ is above all. Psalms 35, 18. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. When we praise, we acknowledge our need for Jesus. Number three, it makes the enemy flee. We talked about this just a little bit. I stated at the beginning that it changes the atmosphere. The Bible refers to the enemy as the prince of the air. Many of you have read that scripture and heard that before. When we praise and worship, our voice pushes back the darkness. You don't have to sit there and take it and think that you're strong because you're taking it. What we are is we're foolish because we have a voice that can speak the word even if we don't know it. We can speak the scripture and the enemy would have to flee. Evil will not and cannot stick around. Evil will not stick around because in all mind, in all concept Jesus Christ has authority over all. Amen? Philippians 2 and 10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. That's a great scripture in and of itself. But then it goes on to say of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Every knee, every situation, every circumstance at the name of Jesus. If you can't say anything else, just speak the name. Because speaking the name is praise and worship in and of itself. Number four. Praise and worship leave, leaves no room for complaining or negativity. I could be negative sometimes. My wife busted me out to some people yesterday about it. Sometimes I could be a half, glass half full kind of guy. But when I'm praising and when I'm worshiping, there's no room for a glass half full kind of attitude. Because praise and worship only focuses us on the king. And when we're focused on the king, there is no glass half full. When we're focused on the king, heaven is on our mind. When we're focused on the king, we're just passing through. When we're focused on the king, we understand that under my heel, under his heel, the enemy was already crushed. When we're focused on the king, I'm not worried about my health. Because I know one day I'm going to dance on the streets of gold where there will be no more sickness. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. And when I'm focused on the king, none of that really matters. But when I'm focused on myself, I can kind of be a little negative. I still got a little hitch up in my shoulder, Karen. It went from my back to my shoulder. I can be a little down. I can get a little eeyore and go, where's my tail? <laughs> but as I'm praising God, I can't do it that way. God cares about our communion with him. He will listen to our, pl- our complaints in our prayers because a lot of times our prayers turn into complaints. God, if you could do this, God, if you could do that. But in praise and worship, we're focused on him. Our focus is not on our struggle. Our focus is on Him. No matter our circumstances, all of our burdens are lifted. Love rushes in. Mercy and grace floods the soul. We remember what He has already done. We are reminded of how great He is and that all He needs and wants, and that all our needs and wants are literally in His hands. Psalms 103, 2-4. And my page just went blank. Psalms 103, 2-4 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. God did not send me here this morning to break down every aspect of praise and worship. It's a conceptual context that I'm coming from today. But we need more of it. We had a great worship service this morning, but we need more of it. That's the start, in my opinion. God fired off a gun when we came here this morning, and He said, go. And our praise and worship met Him at the starting line. And we busted through that opening tape. And as we're moving through the road, now we've got to continue. We've got momentum. But the enemy, like I said, is waiting for us to get to our homes, to get into our comfortable environment, to take those first six steps and to say, will I praise Him or will I just go back to what I was before? God is calling us into communion and communication with Him, church. He is looking to hear our voice this morning stand with me as our praise team comes we're going to do something a little different in our in our clothes today we're going to go back to our start and we're going to go back to our worship we're going to go back to our praise i believe the word has gone forth and i believe the word is beginning to move and set foundations in ourselves um The the title is, How Do You Speak? Like I said, it's not about language, it's about our communication to God. The Bible says in Psalms 149 and 1, Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and His praise in the congregation of saints. There are many of us that have been around for a while, in the church, of the church, around the church. But I believe God is calling for a new song. And I don't mean a change in all the foundation that's been laid. I just believe God's calling something else out of our bellies. A song that fits the time and the atmosphere and the attitude that He is inviting us into. Joy is on its way, I believe. Mercy and grace are rushing in, I believe. Love is being poured out, I believe. And it's all dependent upon our voice, our communication, our speech. So the question today is how do you speak? But the question today is how do you want to leave this, this service when we're done? They're going to begin to play and they're going to begin to sing. And I wonder one last time before we leave, and I'm not begging for it. God has already put it out before you. I wonder if we could just begin to lift our voices and just begin to praise. This isn't about praying with others. If you feel let do it, but this is just allow, allowing our voice our voice to rise above the noise in this world, our voice to rise above our situations and just allow the Lord to be high and lifted up this morning. Come on, would you sing with them today as they come and sing?